I have something I want to say. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this morning in my prayer time as I was getting ready to come up here today, I just heard God say, lay it down. And I saw him, and, and, and I saw he wants us to physically lay this thing down. And it doesn't matter what it is, if it's finances, if it's, if it's something else that's concerning you, whatever it is, he wants nothing to hinder or encumber you this morning before we go into our praise and our worship. I saw you, you have your hands out. Imagine you're getting out of your car. You've got your keys, you've got books, you've got bags, you've got groceries, you've got all of these things and you get to the door and you can't open the door. And if you can't open the door, you can't go into the place that you're trying to go into to find your rest, to find relaxation, to find what it is that you need after coming out of the world that you have been in. So he says today, lay down whatever it is that you have in your hands, lay it down so that when you lift your hands to him, he can freely pour into you so that you are even able to lift your hands without a hindrance. So Father God, we thank you right now. We thank you, oh God, and I invite you. He says, cast your cares on him. He says, lay your concerns at his feet. So in your seats, at this altar, wherever you need to do that. And sometimes we have to do these things prophetically. We have to do them naturally. We have to actually get up and move from that one spot into the next place that God wants us to be in so that he can take us from that one level of glory into the next one so that we can walk through whatever wilderness that we are in into his next place of glory. 
So I encourage you today, even before we begin praise and worship, that we lay down those concerns. We lay down those cares. We lay down those preoccupations. Even if it's something as small as what are we having for dinner this evening, lay it down so that there is nothing between you and your heavenly father. So everything he has to pour out to you, you can actually receive it because he's always pouring. He's always giving. He's always releasing. But do we have the room to receive it? So, Father God, on this morning, we thank you, oh God. We thank you for this privilege and this honor for once again being able to come into your house and into your presence to worship together corporately and to worship you individually. We thank you, oh God, that the voices that go up to you today, they will not be hindered by the cares and concerns of this world. They will not be hindered by anything else that we have on our minds or on our hearts, but there will be an open doorway, a conduit free of, of, of contamination so that we may give to you, Father, and you may pour out into us. And we thank you, oh God, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. You don't just come and visit. You don't just come and hang out for a moment, but you inhabit, meaning you make your abode there. You live there. You reside there. You, you, you friend us there. And so, Father, we thank you, oh God, as your praises go up. As our praises go up, you, oh God, come and you settle in this house on today. We welcome you today, Father God. We welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. We say, come in and have your way in each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, Father God, every single one of these children up here, Father God. We thank you, oh God, for the praise and worship that will come forth out of them. We thank you for their pure hearts. We thank you that they are fearless. They are bold in serving you, oh God, and that we will see you in them on today, Father. And we will be the examples, the righteous examples for them as they walk and they grow and they mature in you. They will watch us and they will see how we to live righteously. They will watch us and they will see how to praise you, oh God. They will see how to worship you, not just in our rooms, not just in our secret places, but in public, in our hospitals, in our dorm rooms, in the grocery stores, wherever we go, oh God, we allow that spontaneous praise and worship to burst forth, oh God. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this day. We thank you for these little ones. We thank you for our worship team. We thank you for the man and woman of God. We thank you for the word that is going to come forth on today. Loose his lips, oh God. Allow our ears to be open to receive and our spiritual eyes to be open to perceive what thus you are doing, oh God. You are doing, you are moving, and we don't want to miss a single bit of it, Father. So heighten our spiritual senses so that we may be aware, and we move when you say move. We stop when you say stop. We jump when you say jump, oh God. And we do as you say do in every season, every moment of our lives, and in everything, oh God. We will give you all honor, all praise, and all glory. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are the only 
please help open heaven's ears for us. Keep 
darkest times, you are good. Even in the midnight hour, you are good. In the middle of my fear, you are good, you are good. In the middle of sickness, you are good, you are good. our voices.
love that where it says all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. You know, but I think sometimes as people, we can get louder and we can praise for things that don't even matter in life. Because I'm pretty sure there was some, some loud and some praise going on yesterday watching some football games. I'm pretty sure there's some, some praise going on for other things that are happening in your life. And the one person that can do anything about everything deserves all our praise. So we're going to lift them up this morning. Come on, we're going to show them some love this morning. Come on, let's lift them up in this house and let's give them the praise he deserves. Let's give them what a king deserves. Come on, let's get loud in here. Come on, we love you, Jesus. Yes, come on. Come on. Oh, come on. That's what this is all about. That's why we do this. That's why we gather so we can praise Him. That's why we gather so we can come together as a family and praise Him. That's why we do this. And when we do that, His glory comes. He comes, His presence comes. His healing comes. His, his rest comes. It all comes when we cry out to Him. So, Father, we love You, Lord. We love You. We praise You this morning. We lift You up this morning. Father, we just, we just love You. We love you. We love you because we got to wake up this morning. We love you because we got to come to, to this place this morning to worship you. So come on, holy. Touch our hearts today. Touch our minds. Take away every worry, every bit of fear. Father, our focus is on you this morning. So come on. Continue to move in this house. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Give him what he deserves. Awesome, come on. Woo, well, we're going to change out up here. You do me a favor, find somebody you hadn't seen. Say hello, we'll be right back. Come on.
I think that's it. I think that's the lull that, that I'm trying to get. That, that's the lull right there. Thank you. Oh, there it is. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I was just waiting for Jim Paul to calm down. He was just talking to everybody <laughs> and, uh, you know, try, try, trying to get our, our service going this morning. Man. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on. That's good stuff. Come on. Welcome. Welcome to Destiny, man. I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. And we absolutely love you guys. Come on, we love you guys. Love Destiny. Come on, you guys love our church. You love our family. That's, look, this is a big family, y'all. So, so, look, if you don't like somebody, you got to get along with them anyway because we're family. That's how it works in family. It don't, it don't matter. Um, you can't leave. Once, once you're in, you can't leave. <laughs> but, man, look, if you're new, if this is your first time or first time in a long time, you should receive a Connect card. Go ahead and fill that out for us. Let us know that you were here. It just lets us reach out to you. We, we get to pray for you. We get to talk with you about the church or answer any questions. Um, we, we can do all kinds of stuff through that. But if we don't know uh, that you were here, then we can't reach out to you. That's just the way it works. It's like you do something, we'll do something, we'll take care of you. Uh, if you want to know uh, everything about our church and what's going on, you can download our app or go online. But the app is the easiest way. You can scan that little barcode 
or you can it's all over the place so you can you can find it all throughout the church uh if you go to the bathroom that's in the church i think so that, that, that's up on one of the things so y'all got to use that at some point so go ahead and scan that but that'll keep you up to date on everything going on at destiny all the events all our midweek services everything happening here uh it just it, it just fills you and it gets all our, our previous sermons so if you miss something you want to catch up it's all on there so please download that uh, so you can stay in touch with what's going on uh, one of those awesome things going on are our family groups so we meet as a uh, as groups as small groups so we call them family groups uh, gives us a chance to meet outside the church and do life together and there's all kinds of things so you can you can meet to do bible studies you can meet to uh, just eat you can meet to play games there's all kinds of things out there but um, I don't have time to talk about them all. You just have to go on and find one. Um, but they're out there, so please do that uh, and get connected uh, right here. And then our uh, next steps was today, so it was pretty awesome. We did a, uh, our next steps is a, is a discipleship process, but it's not an order thing. So you don't have to go to all these that are just there. If you're curious about stuff, if you want to know more about these things, today we had the three-question Bible study method, which was phenomenal. Uh, Miss Rhonda's taught that before, and she had a good crowd over there this morning. So did you guys get something out of that? I know we had some people go to it, so that's pretty awesome. So uh, next week is the art of worship. So if that's something you're interested in and you're curious about, then 9 o'clock, every single Sunday at 9 o'clock, they meet over in the annex, the little trailer thing over here uh, that's attached to our church, and we have everything set up in there. So just show up. If any of these things interest you, um, just go ahead and, and show up and be part of that. Um, we have another cool event going on. It's called the Walk of Life. Uh, this is something you can find out, but it's coming up November 6th. And here's the thing. We have a team called Team Destiny. We're trying to get as many people as possible out there walking uh, for life. And what this is, we teamed up with the River Region Pregnancy Center, and they provide free ultrasounds, and they provide free um, diapers and all kinds of stuff and, and medical checkups and everything. And we team up with them. We actually give to them every single month. They're part of who we tithe to. So we make sure that, that we give them all our, any kind of resources we can to help them with whatever they're doing. So not only is there a walk for life where you can actually sponsor somebody, so you can go on, sign up as a team member, then you send that out to people you know that don't go to our church, and they can sponsor you. And all they do is give some money to that effort, and you get to go out and walk. But it's a great opportunity to raise money. They're moving into a brand-new facility uh, that they just bought, which is awesome. So, But we have to renovate it. we got to get it all taken care of. So these are all things that all this money goes towards. But here's the thing. The, the biggest thing it does is it, it, is it keeps people from having abortions. And we believe in every life. Every life matters. So even if it's one, then it matters. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. So, and, and, and that's not to say that, that, that those things happen, and they do. Uh, but we're trying to do the best we can to show them that, that, that there's a life and that Jesus created that life. And, and we're going to do what we can to support that organization. So please sign up for that. Um, we do have... Uh, if you want to know about uh, Mama Lowe's Celebration of Life, so I know people have been asking about that, that's going to be right here at Destiny Church tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So come on, we get to come celebrate uh, Mama Lowe's and everything that she's been part of, everything God did through her uh, here at Destiny. But here's the part, man. She, is, she knows so many people. Like, she has touched so many lives all over the place that we're not going to be able to keep everybody in here. Okay, we are live streaming it, so if you can't be here, if you're watching online right now, everything will be live streamed. You can get that out to friends and family, so if they can't be here because even the time schedule, because maybe they're at work or something, you can live stream the celebration of life. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We get to celebrate somebody that left her legacy um, all over the place. So you talk about somebody that walks around um, 
dripped with the love of God all over. She was just spraying it on everybody. <laughs> That's what she did. So uh, we get to do that. So, but to make that happen here, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Um, so if you want to be part of serving in that capacity, we have everything from the parking lot to greeters to ushers. We have food coming in. We have people serving. We have setup. We have cleanup. If you're interested in helping with any of that, we're going to meet right after service today, right in the sanctuary. Uh, I'll get you connected with the leaders that are heading up each one of those areas, and then you can volunteer, and they'll let you know what time to be here and what we're doing. But we have to do it as a family because that's that's what's so important. Is that that was the biggest thing? Uh, uh, you know, we're going we're going we're going to give honor uh, to Mama Lo and everything that she's done, which is absolutely amazing. And and she was actually in charge of of all our memorials and and funerals and everything. So. She's taught me everything I know. <laughs> so we're going to put that into play uh, as we celebrate her life tomorrow. So if you want to be part of that, just stay here after church, and we'd love to connect with you. Um, and the last thing, I just want to thank everybody for all the calls and texts about our new grandbaby, Emmeline. So she is precious, and we got to hold her for about four hours. We got to see her total for about four hours. So... Um, we're, we're excited to go back up there this week and, and visit and spend some more time with her. But thank you all for the prayers and everything. We're excited, and she's just a little bundle of sleep. Like, I was expecting her to ready to just run around the house, and you know, it just doesn't work that way. She's just going to be a little sleepy thing right now. So, um, But it was awesome, and we're so blessed, so we thank you for that. So at this time, I did want to welcome up um, our elders. I believe the elders are supposed to speak today on something, so I'm going to invite them up to the stage. Let's give it up for all our elders. So these are, uh, our elders are our spiritual leaders in the church. They come right alongside um, Brother Bo and myself, and they help us um, walk out this thing that, that God has called us to, this, this family, and then guide us and direct us in what we're doing. So I have a mic for them. Who's talking? Hey, guess what? Ron's talking, so hey, make sure you put that on. A, no. <laughs> I'm going to hand you over the mic and turn this over to you. Okay, I'm going to put this up here. Oh, you need my spot? Just for a minute. He's bringing, he brought the with him. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Destiny family. Man, I tell you what, uh, it's an honor to be here today, and uh, we're going to be recognizing our pastors so don't sit down, Pastor. You and Miss Jules need to come on back up. And Kevin and Crystal also. Uh, Brandon and Nicole, Guy. There we go. Of course, everybody knows DJ and Julie are lead pastors here. And... Uh, they're both pastors because they got a heart big as the world, and, and they're all about Jesus. And uh, then Kevin and, and uh, Crystal, Kevin's our associate pastor, and Crystal's a children's pastor. And uh, Brandon and Nicole, there they are, Brandon and Nicole guy, they're the young adults pastors. And, of course, there was Mama Lo, who, you know, I, I was – <clears throat> all those little babies, as she called them, they're all little lights. And those lights are growing brighter and brighter and brighter because of what she put in them. And you just can't beat that, you know. Uh, 
And, and so in doing this, I was thinking, well, what is a pastor? So I just looked it up in the dictionary. <laughs> I mean, and it's a spiritual leader. All these guys and gals qualify. Uh, it's a servant. They are definitely servants. From the bottom of their hearts, they're servants. And they're counselors. A lot of times, you know, we have issues in our heart that we need to speak with a family member about. And they're right here for us all the time. Uh, and they're called by God to be where they are today. And uh, I'd just like to lead, read some scripture here. Uh, Ephesians 4, 9 through 4, 13. Uh, let me find it here. Okay, what, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe it was he who gave some to be pastors or apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers you know I, it just hit me that all those others are singular and then there's pastors and teachers and they teach by their example. They walk that walk. They talk the talk. And they, their hearts are just full of that example. Everything they do. Uh, to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. That's us, fellas, ladies. The body of Christ. We are that body. For works of service. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becomes mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And these pastors and these elders up here too, they, they exemplify that exact thing. And uh, that's what I strive for. I want to I emulate Pastor DJ, you know, because talking to him, he's just right there at you and, and he's got a heart that's just big as Texas and uh, so can we just honor them and you know uh, throughout the week the rest of this month is pastor appreciation so if you want to just drop something by drop a card in the mail or something call them up tell them I love you thank you sir right, I'll pass this yes I'll pass this all right, family, how y'all doing this morning? I just want to give honor to God, first of all, before, we, before I get started, to thank God for this opportunity. Uh, don't take these opportunities light. When God asks you to do something, you want to do it the way he wants you to do it. All right, so that's always the way you want to do it. So um, we're going to honor our pastors this morning. We're going to pray over them, so we're going to have them stand in the center. I want everybody to lift their hands up, and uh, we're going to pray over them. And then we're going to take up a special offering. All right, if you feel led to give, give according to your heart. All right, if you feel like you want to give something, and uh, it's no pressure to give. All right, it's on your heart. Let's give. All right, these are our pastors. They lead us. And um, so. Uh, I want to invite Arthena up. That's Mama Lo's daughter to come and stand in her place as we share a blessing over our pastors this morning. So, Arthena, do you mind coming up? Come on. Come on, Jesus.
Yes. All right, if you can lift your hands with me and um, just stretch your hands out towards our pastors. And uh, we, let's go to our God, our wonderful Jesus. Um, we come boldly to your throne, Father, in Jesus' name, Father, right now, Lord. We pray this prayer in the power of your Holy Spirit. We take time to honor you first, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We deserve, you deserve it all, Father. And we just, uh, just want to honor you first of all, Father. We thank you for just allowing us to come to this point. Thank you for this opportunity to lift our pastors up, Father, right now. We lift their families up, Father, right now. We pray Psalms 91, Father that they abide in the shadow of the Almighty, shelter under the, the, the hands of the Almighty, Father, right now, Lord. Cover their families, Father, right now. Bless the, their descendants, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father. Cover them, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, right now. We just pray for their lives. Pray for the, the ministries that you have for them, Father. Let them always stand firm on your holy word, Father, right now, that they preach your word, Jesus. And we're just so thankful that we get to lift them up, Father. We lift up this offering that we're going to take up for them, Father. Bless their families. Bless everyone that gives, Father, today, Father. Father, and just have your way with our lives, Jesus. And we just, we just are grateful for this opportunity to lift our pastors up, Father. And we're just so grateful and thankful for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. And we just give you all the praise, all the glory. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Elder Jim, you want to say something? Ginger? All right. All right. So if you want to give, just come on up and give. And uh, like I said, it's not, don't give grudgingly. Um, it's no pressure. So if you want to give something, you can bring it on up and just drop it in the basket, and um, we'll take it to the back and we'll count it up. Right, have a blessed, we're going to have a blessed service this morning, so we love our pastors. Yes. I love our elders. I love our family here. We love you guys. We love you so much. And, uh, man, we couldn't do it without you. There's so much support. There's so much love that goes into what we do. And, uh, man. They said my mic's cracking, so. How's that? Is that any better? Is that working? You know, when I had my beard, it never did that. <laughs> I declare right now it's beard time. I'm growing my beard back, man. But I do. I appreciate everybody. You know, you know, a pastor is something that uh, people don't think about everything that goes into being a pastor. And sometimes they think you just come on up and share a word on a on a Sunday. But that's that, that's just a small piece. That's not even what we're really called to do. So, um, but we can't do it without y'all. So we thank you all. We thank you for your support and your prayers and everything. Uh, we just love you. That's why we do it. We don't do it for any other reason other than the fact that we love him and we love you. So um, so that's about it. I would like to say, um, along with this, if you want to um, give to um, Mama Lowe's, um Celebration of Life to help fund that, to help take care of that, you can do that online. We have 
Um, that's set up online for you. So if that's on your heart to help support the family, go through those times and everything that's going on with that because it's expensive to do these things. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on. So if you want to help support with that, you can go on our website and just there's a drop down for Mama Lowe's um, Memorial Celebration. You can give directly to that and we'll make sure they get all the funds and it helps take care of all the arrangements and everything. So, um, whew, boy, that just, I'm about ready to just go home. So good, I lost my, someone stole my water. Can you throw me my other water, baby? I think I stole it. You got it, throw it, baby, I got it. Oh. <laughs> I tried. We played catch once, played football catch once. And it was when we first met. And I threw the football to her and, I, look, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I was a quarterback off in high school and and I played in the, in the military and and so when she said she wanted to play catch I threw the football she didn't tell me she didn't know how to catch so it hit her square in the face knocked her glasses off and then I just had to love on her and win her back <laughs> but it's been this will be 29 years so come on it must have worked come on that's what I'm saying I love my wife I have learned not to throw anything in that direction. <laughs> oh. Father, bless us today. <laughs> I love you, Lord. We thank you. And we just surrender to you this morning, Father. We ask you to have your way in this house. Touch my heart. Fill me up with your word, Father. Something that needs to land on the hearts and minds of those that are here this morning. Father, we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're going to bear with me because I'm bearing with I'm wearing my declaring it's cold weather sweater i woke up this morning it was chilly and i said i'm gonna wear the sweater and she's like but you're gonna get hot up there i'm like but i'm gonna do it because i'm gonna declare from today on it's gonna be nice cool weather so if i start sweating and dehydrating throw me a water just throw it up in this direction and and we'll be good but we're, we're gonna go with it i think it's gonna work um man so welcome uh to destiny i'm just excited we've been talking about all kinds of foundational teachings and talking about identity, talking about uh, faith, and that's what we're in. We're in a, a foundational teaching that we've been doing pretty much from from the beginning of the year. So we're a little ways into it. Um, you can catch up by watching the 35 episodes and series all online. But it's really good stuff. It's stuff that, 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 that we need to walk forward in in faith and, and identity and who we are in Christ. You know, we've been covering that with, with understanding your beloved. He loves you, man. He just... He absolutely loves you, okay? And so that was our first step is understanding that, that, that in his eyes, we are just loved. Am I still crackling? You know, ever since I let Brother Bo use this thing, it just don't work right anymore. Bo, I see you. Is that any better? I'm going to get there. We're going to get it adjusted to where you can hear me and, and not a crackle. So, uh, so today we're going to pick it up with faith. We're going to continue to talk about faith uh, because I think that's part of uh, who we are, and and while I was talking to my wife about this, we started talking about uh, faith is like a, a force field. Anybody, any were, any Trekkies in here? Where's my Star Trek people? Come on! All right, we got some Trekkies. I see the hands up and everything. That that's good. So you guys probably understood that this week was something. If you watch the news, now I don't watch the news, so we're not going to get into the news. But on the news, I did catch the thing with William Shatner, right? Uh, uh, Captain Kirk, he went into outer space, like at the age of 90. 
he traveled to outer space uh, finally. Uh, and I think that that's kind of cool, the fact that he was on that. He went actually like 66 miles in the air to get to that point of space where you could actually see what God created. Could you imagine that? To take, I mean, you see it on TV, but could you imagine seeing it in person, the ultimate creation of what God did and how beautiful that would be? And, uh, and it was so powerful. He was on that Blue Origin spacecraft is what they called it. And they take you can you can actually ride on that if you want. I think they say it's anywhere from like 22 or 28 million dollars, I think, was was the last bid. So if you got an extra 28 million and <laughs> you want to spend 10 minutes in space. I mean, they weren't even in space 10 minutes. They were in space for three minutes, y'all. Like, talk about big tipper. <laughs> That's a big tipper right there. So three minutes in space to see that and see what he did. But here's the thing. When he landed, this is what I love. This, is, this was his quote when he came down. He said, I hope I never recover, that I can maintain what I feel right now. He says, I don't want to lose it. It's so much larger than me and life. And when he said that, it just trickled in me about that's the way I feel when I'm in Father's presence. When you just get completely saturated with him, like there's nothing that can change that. You don't want to ever walk away from the feeling when he touches you, and when he hugs you, and when he loves you. There's a feeling you just don't want to get rid of, and you want to be in that all the time. That's what I love about it, when it gets thick, and when you just, man, you can just sit there, and it doesn't matter who's singing. It doesn't matter if there's any music on. It doesn't matter what's going on. Maybe it's hitting my collar. I don't know. But, man, you can sit there, and you can just, just get saturated in who he is. And that quote goes right with it. Man, I don't want to lose it. It's so much larger than me in life. And I think about that. And when I think about Star Trek and them and everything they did, I think it's amazing that he finally, at 90 years old, got to actually see something that he was part of for so long. Uh, but they had a saying. Do you know what they always said when they needed a force field? Where's my Trekkies? Come on. I heard somebody say it. Shields up. They would say, shields up. And that, that they would say that any time they approached another ship or they approached another um, planet or anything like that, they would say shields up. And, and that command is said in anticipation of taking fire. So raising deflector shields activates a type of force field that surrounds a starship, a space station, or a planet. Shields up. So force field, what that is defined, I'm just going to give you a bunch of information first, then we'll get into the word. Um, force field defined is a special charm aura or spirit that can influence anyone in its presence or something resembling a force field, especially in intensity that restricts or impedes movement towards an area or object. So it would be something that would actually protect the ship. So today I want to talk about the force field of faith, the, the, the force field of faith that actually protects and restricts and impedes things from coming in and hurting us and harming us or even ourselves. It helps us not harm ourselves. That's what faith does. So it's a force field that we can call up. And, and there's stuff that in our life that, that just shouldn't be there. There's stuff that, that happens in our life that's happened to us before that we've walked through many times that we shouldn't. There are things we do in life that we just shouldn't. There's things that hurt us that we don't want to be hurt, but the reason why we get hurt is because we take our force field down. Our faith, our faith level 
drops. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the fact that, that we don't have to be worried about these things. You, you don't have to deal with these issues. You don't have to deal with your financial issues. You don't have to deal with marriage issues. You don't have to deal with some of these things that continually show up in your life. Even when we're dealing with things like loss, when you have a faith shield, right? When, when you have this force field of faith, it helps protect you from what the enemy's trying to do to you. Okay, so when I heard this this week, and it just kind of triggered that, and, and I said, man, I need to jump into this, and it tied right into all the reading I've been doing and study I've been doing. So if you have your Bibles, um, this is what I'm going to address today is your force field is faith. And we're going to go right to John 8. And it's probably not going to make sense at first, but just bear with me. I'm going to read through it. The title of the John 8 is An Adulteress Forgiven. I'll read through it, and then we'll, we'll kind of walk back through it. It says, Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. Then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do, we, what do you say we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the laws of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answered their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon hearing that, her accuser slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Be free from a life of sin. And some people might go, I don't know what this has to do with faith, but it actually has everything to do with it. Everything. So I'm going to walk through it. As we, we open up, you see... Just some, some, some good stuff. I just love how the verse opens up in verse 8, and it says, Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. And so he sat down and he taught them. Could you imagine those days? Now, the Mount of Olives is not as special. They, don't, they call it that because there was a bunch of olive trees that grew up the side of the mountain. That's why it was the Mount of Olives. Um, but he comes down off that, and he sits down, and as soon as he sits down, people come and flock and gather around him just to hear him teach. And, and it doesn't tell you what he's teaching on, but I could only imagine what he's saying. Because I just love what the word says. And, and they might be getting stuff that we've never heard before. So can you imagine all the other stuff that he'd be talking about as he comes down and just shares with them and just teaches them and just talks with them and does life with them? 
So he's doing this life, and he's talking with these people, and he's teaching them. And then in the middle of his teaching, it says the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. They had to break through the crowd, so there's a ton of people there, like lots of people, because they're breaking through the crowd, and they're bringing this woman in, and they're going to put her right in the middle of the whole thing, and they're going to accuse her. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. I've been accused. I've been put in the middle. I've stood the line. I've heard the voices. I've heard people say things about me. And I'm pretty sure we can all probably attest that at some point in our life, we felt like people looked down on us, like people were saying things about us. See, and that's what I love about this family is that you can come into this family and we're not trying to condemn you. We're, trying to, we're, we're not trying to judge you. We're just trying to love on you. And what you see here is you see these religious scholars. These are people that have studied the old law. Like they know the law to the T. And they're going to bring this woman in and just throw her in the middle of everybody. All to try to catch him. To try to get him to say something. So they brought this woman to Jesus. And then they said to him, teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? And it says they were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the laws. So by Moses' law, if there's adultery, then um, there's a stoning of the man and the woman. Uh, and they only brought the woman. But it goes back to the law. If you go back to Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy, you get in there, you'll see the law that was written. And the thing is, is Jesus actually wrote the law. So I'm pretty sure he understands what the law is. Right? So I'm pretty sure he completely, he wrote the law. And, and, and what this does is this actually resembles other people who catch other people in sin. And they want to tell on these people, and they want to point these people out, and they want to pull them in front of everybody, and they want to gossip about them, right? Because they're so self-righteous, they, 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 they don't understand the fact that their life is probably just as bad. That's why you don't point fingers. That's why you say there's, there's no perfect people. That's why we, we, we don't call them out on their stuff. You love on them, and you love them through their stuff. Right? So, so this is what you see, and they, they act like they're perfect as they try to put other people down. So they don't need our judgment. You know, they need help. They need to know who he is. They need love. They need encouragement. They need people to come around them and support them and guide them and lead them to Jesus because he's the only one that can. So what they're actually doing, they don't even know this, is they brought the lady who was struggling with this. It might even have been her pro profession, right? But they knew exactly where to find her. Like, you just don't walk in on something like that so you know exactly who she is. You know how long she's been doing it. And they actually brought her to the guy that can heal her. Like, they're trying to use her as an example, and they really are because he's like, that's fine. Bring me. Bring me everybody because I'm going to heal her in front of all y'all. And that's, that's what he's saying. He's like, you guys are so silly. <laughs> like, bring her here. Sure. You want to accuse her, I want to heal her. He's like, this is going to be so great. You're just going to prove everything for me. Oh. But man, she needed Jesus. 
And that's how he works. He goes, man, I'm going to get the people that aren't supposed to bring you to me to bring you to me. <laughs> and that's how it works. And as you keep reading, it says, but Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. The same finger that he used back in Exodus to write on the tablets. The same finger that scribed on the tablets given to Moses that he broke out of anger. Because we all have issues. <laughs> same tablet, right? So the same finger that wrote in the dust was the same finger that wrote on the tablets. And he starts writing. Come on, this is, this is where you start seeing him just show up. And angry, they kept insisting that he answer their questions. So Jesus just stood up and looked at him and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. Now, in some translations, it'll say a man that's never sinned. But if you actually break that word down in the Greek, it's anamartios, titos, which means more than simply sin, but is best translated as a sinful desire. That's different. <laughs> like he says, I'll judge you on all that. So if, if, if you're going to bring her to the, to the party and expect everybody to, to throw stones at her, then, then okay. And he kind of knows some things. It says, and then he bent over again and just wrote some more words in the dust. And I love that because you've got to think about what he's writing about. I'm pretty sure at that point he has all these Pharisees and stuff and scholars, and, and he's just writing. And this is my mind, so this is how it looks. He's going, all right, Billy Bob, these are all the sinful desires that you have had, let alone all the other stuff you said. And some of these, when we talk about sin, our mind automatically goes to the big things. But he's talking about even the little things. He goes, so you've never thought about these little bitty things? That's sin too. That's a sinful, there's no greater. Sin is sin. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And he says, so, so you who have, who have never sinned, okay, or had a sinful desire, you throw the first rock. And upon hearing that, her accuser slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. You know, he's the only one that should convict him. Because I'll come into church sometimes, we'll worship, man, and the Holy Ghost will start moving, and I'll just get convicted over stuff. Now, I'm just like, man, no one else will ever say anything to me. But, man, he knows my heart. He knows everything I walk through. He knows everything I deal with. And, man, he'll just poke you. And <laughs> you're like, yeah. You know, and I'll be up here preaching. He'll poke me while I'm preaching because he'll give me a word. and I'll be like, and that was for me. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that out loud. But this is how it works. It's just, you know, he, he's the one. So they walked. They got they got they got pricked. <laughs> they were like, uh oh, this guy knows a whole lot more than we know. We're just going to gradually walk away. <laughs> maybe he doesn't. Maybe nobody saw us because here they threw a woman in the middle of a crowd to embarrass her, to call her out, to stone her. And Jesus just threw all their stuff on the dirt in front of them. And they were like, I'm sure they're like this as they're walking away. <laughs> like somebody kick up the dust. I don't want anybody to know what I've been dealing with. But see, that's religion. That's how religion works. People think that since they know the word, people think that, that they know all the laws, that they're better than everybody else. They just don't know him. You can have a whole bunch of knowledge and not know Jesus. And you're going to the same place a lot of other people are going. But man, you can just love him and not even know the Bible. 
not even read the Bible, but be in a close relationship with him, and he loves you, and guess what? Eternity. I'm telling you. We got it all wrong. Everybody thinks you got to know this Bible inside and out just so you can walk healthy. He says, man, if you just seek me, I will guide you in the right direction. I'll put you in the right path, and I'll walk it out with you. And not just, like, send you along the way and hope you do good. He says, I'm going to walk beside you. I'll guide you through it. So they left. That's why you never point your fingers at somebody. You never know what they know about you. <laughs> it says, until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman, still standing there in front of him. So it was just him and her. So he stood back up. It's funny, it says, he was standing alone with the woman. It doesn't say that the crowd was still there. I'm sure they were there, but it doesn't say that. I wonder what he wrote in the in the dirt caused everybody to go, whoa. Like, get out of here before he sees you. Because <laughs> we all walk around with stuff. And he says, man, he might call you out. It says he stood there alone. So he stood back up and said to her, dear woman, where are your accusers? Accusers, is there no one here to condemn you? And looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. She had never met him before. But she already knows who he is. Because she was close enough to him. She was in close proximity to the one that can save her, that can change her, that can transform her. And immediately she was like, Lord, I know who you are. You're my Lord. And Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go and from now on be free from a life of sin. And everybody stops there. You hear a lot of sermons where they stop right there. And they say, go live a life without sin. You know, when I got saved, I stopped right there. That's all they ever told me. So I get wrecked, go to church, get filled up with this high of Jesus. And I'm like, this is so awesome because my life's going to be changed. And then you walk out the door and about four or five days later, you're like, what do I do? Because the same stuff that was haunting me before is haunting me now. Like, it was a great feeling for a moment. Um, I've accepted him into my heart, but I don't know what to do now. And I don't know how to find him. And, and I don't know how to seek him. Because it stops right there, and nobody talks about the rest. So we're going to talk about the rest. But he tells her, be free from sin. I don't know about you guys, but that's tough. You can't do it on your own. That's why people will come into church and um, feel like people are judging them, and then they, they feel like they get set free, and they say this you know, prayer, and they think they're saved, and then they walk out, but they don't want to come back to church because they walked out, nobody helped them with their walk, and, 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 and guess what? The enemy comes right back in. They go back to doing what they used to do, and now they're, they're afraid to come back to church because they're like, how can I walk back in a place? And he says, ah. Let me help you. Like, like the whole point is we understand their struggles. We understand what goes on. And if we come together as a family and we plop him right in the middle of it, guess what? We can walk through this thing together. So you should never feel that way, ever. And, and, and if that's how you feel, then, 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 man, let us wrap our arms around you. Let, you know, I'm going to talk to you about some of what he says we need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen. So it's the key in my mind. 
uh, the key to walking free from sin, trying to walk free from sin. Because I truly believe people want to know, how do I stop? Because sin's big. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a list, <laughs> a huge list. Like, you can't even, but there's all kinds of sin. So how do I walk free from that stuff? Like, how do I not hate my neighbor? These are things that, you know, I'm not even talking about the big ones. I'm talking about the little things that we just struggle with in our heart. These are things we've got to walk free from, and he gives us a way to do it. In verse 12, when you keep reading, it says, Then Jesus said, I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. You know, in some verses, or some some translations of this, it says that those who follow me, following's one thing. If Jim Paul went up and I followed him around the church, I'd be like, hey, Jim, where are you going? I'm not getting any better. I'm not acting like him, walking like him, talking like him. I could. If I see him pick up something, I'll pick it up. Does that make me Jim Paul? Absolutely not. I wish I could be. We're going to get a recipe for that. But here's the thing. He says, it's just not following him. And this it says, embrace me. You know, so, so an embrace is a hug. It's an intimate hug. It's an intimate embrace where you grab a hold, right? So he says, this is what you need to do. You need to embrace me and you will experience life-giving light. The false light, we've talked about that before. It's the God light. He says, you'll never walk in darkness. Now, in this one, I relate this to, to the, the, this is actually that when, when you embrace him for the first time, that's that accepting him in your heart. That's that first embrace. It's an embrace that you're, you'll always remember. It's that embrace where you go, I'm seeking that embrace throughout the week. It's that embrace you have when you come in here and you're just like, oh, my gosh, and you embrace him. That's the embrace he's talking about. He says, if you embrace me, you'll never walk in darkness, which means You'll be eternity in eternity with him. That's what it means. That's that embrace. But embrace defined as an act of accepting or supporting something willingly and enthusiastically or an act of holding somebody closely in your arms. That's embrace it. So I think about that and I think about how that, you know, my days and how embracing him, how that affected me. And I've shared it before that after that, I was like, I don't know what else like. Like, I've got to wait all week to go back to church. Like, they didn't say, well, you know, you can seek him on your own. Nobody taught me all the steps after that to say, what's next? So I would find myself just, you know, I'd listen into whatever I could find to get worship music in my head and struggling throughout the week trying to get ready for Sunday. All I could think about was I need to get back to church because that's where Jesus is. When ultimately he's with you every single step of your way. If you just know how to seek him and find him. So he talks about embrace him right there. But I want to move on to another spot in John where he talks about him embracing him. And he uses the same word. In John 8, 31 through 36. We're just going to move forward in it. It says, Jesus said to the Jew, those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom in your lives. See, he wasn't talking this to people that didn't know who he was. He says, to those Jews who believed in him. These are people that have already embraced him. They've embraced him. They believe in what he says. 
That's us. The people in this room. We've embraced him. We believe. Right? This is who he's talking to. He says, when you continue to embrace all I teach, it's a continued embrace. You prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom in your lives. So if you want freedom to break the chains off whatever it is you're struggling with, it is a constant embrace with the Father. It's a constant embrace in his word. It's a constant embrace in his worship. It's a constant embrace in his joy. And in, I mean, his love, everything you can think of with him in your mind, it's a constant embrace with that. So what's that look like? It means that, that, that when I wake up in the morning, I embrace him. And I worship. And even if it's one song, even if it's a, a part of a song, I embrace him. I might read my scripture for the day. And maybe you're on the Bible app where you get to read a scripture for the day. That's good. Read that and embrace him when you're doing that. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe you just wake up in the morning and, and you just want to pray real quick. You know, I pray for my, my kids every day, my grandkid every day, my wife every day. But maybe it's just a quick prayer for people you know and people you love. Or maybe it's for you. Just, Lord, protect me today. Lord, strengthen me today so I don't walk through the same stuff I used to walk through. That's the constant embrace. You know, when you embrace somebody, it's awesome. You know, you in a, if you're in a relationship, a marriage, or, or just dating somebody, but you embrace somebody, man, if you continue to embrace somebody, it's awesome. But when you take a break from that and you don't embrace each other for a while, it causes confusion, it, it causes loneliness, it causes fear. All those things come in. So that's why we need to continue to embrace him each and every day. Wrap your arms around him each and every day. That's the secret. See, when you struggle with little things in your life that keep showing up, it's because we're not embracing him each and every day. So when you start to struggle with it, when things start to pop up in your mind, when you say the thing that you were like, why did I say that? And you want to pull it back, but you know, once it's out, it's out. When you start feeling that, you need, how to, you need to realize how to pause and just go, Lord, help me. Whatever that feeling is, whatever that is to you, whatever, whatever you struggle with, no matter what it is, when you start feeling that, you need to embrace him. And that's what he says. You need to continually embrace me through it. That's how he's going to walk you through everything. You just embrace him. And guess what? The, the, the more you embrace him, the easier it gets. It's not such a struggle. And I tell you, the enemy's never going to stop. But you need to know where to go. Right? You need to win, know when to put the force field up. Because what happens when you embrace him, you get the shield, you get the force field. It's up. It's up. And you're like, man, I'm, that's why when you walk out of here on Sundays, you're just filled up and full of life. And you're like, come on, mess with me, I dare you. But then throughout the week, you're like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> Walking on edge right now. Right? I'm telling you, and, and nobody's perfect. There's days that, that I run out of time and there's stuff I, I just don't pray sometimes. And I walk out of the house and I'm like, what is going on with my day? 
where I don't get to say goodbye to my wife. And I'm thinking as I'm driving, like, what's going on? Why are why, why, you know, and I always, I always blame it on me because I'm like, oh, I'm only stopped at the light for 30 minutes because I didn't say something to my wife. I know that's not true, but that's how I think it is sometimes. So I immediately pick up the phone. Hey, baby, I love you, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Because <laughs> I really want this light to be green. <laughs> Lord's teaching me something today. But, but here's the thing. We all deal with this. So this is nothing. That, don't ever think that you're in this alone. We all have our own little things that we deal with each and every day. And the more you embrace him and seek him and, and, and go after him, the more he can embrace you and the more he'll help you through those things. You getting this? Because I'm telling you, people think that once you get saved, like you're automatically free from sin. No, there, there's a salvation point where you're, it fills you up. It is awesome because now you know that, man, I've accepted you into my heart, Lord. I love you. I believe in you. And you think, man, this is awesome. Now I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. And then you get home. <laughs> you got your kids. They start acting up. And next thing you know, you're like, whoa, I thought I was like safe. But, but that's not what that is. So we need the rest of it. We need to continue embrace so we can get through these things. So in verse 33, I'm going to keep reading in that because I thought that was pretty. When I started reading it this morning, I just added this verse as I kept reading. It says, for if you embrace the truth, you will release true freedom in your lives. Then it continues and said, surprised by this. Now, um, surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham. We're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we'll be released into more freedom? He goes, I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you're not free. You become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For a son is part of a family forever. So if your son sets you free, so if the son sets you free from sin, then become a true son and be unquestionably free. And you're like, wow, how do I do that? You embrace him continually embrace him and what's funny he's talking about these surprised by this it's actually the jewish leaders these jewish leaders are the ones that said i'm surprised by this because we're free because we know the word and we're descendants of abraham you can't teach us nothing and he says okay so these were the religious folk but jesus tells them otherwise they're the ones that have all the knowledge and none of the freedom. In John 8, 47. This scripture was hard. When I hit this one, it kind of rocked me a little bit. Because it says, if you really knew God, you would listen, receive, and respond with faith to his words. But since you don't listen and respond to what he says, it proves you don't belong to him. And you have no room for him in your heart. You read that a couple times, that'll wake you up. Because I think of all the things that um, I've listened to and I've received from him that I didn't respond to. And I go, wow. All right, way to just throw it out there in the word. So it says you need to listen. Listen to his word. Not just the word. You can read the word and listen to him through that. But you need to spend some quiet time. You need to hear what he's telling you. What's he downloading in you? What's he putting in your heart?
what's he telling you to do? It says then you need to receive it. Receive means you actually take it, like you own it. Like if I, you know, they call someone who catches a football a receiver. So my wife would be a receiver, and I would throw the football, and I would want her to receive it, right, and catch it and keep it securely. So what has God given you that you didn't receive so securely? And maybe you fumbled it along the way, dropped it, kicked it, forgot about it. What has he told you to do? What's the last thing he told you to do? Have you responded to that? Have you actually obeyed him in that era, area of your life? Where he said, I need to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to walk this way. I, I don't care what it is. It could be, you know, I can talk about this all day when we talk about every. I mean, I've heard so many awesome stories. But, you know, for me and other people, like Kevin, you know, Kevin heard the Lord say it's time to go into ministry and get out of the military. So he did. And if you think that's just easy to do, no, I did it. It's a challenge to leave the security of something that you know you're going to get a paycheck and you know you're going to be taken care of and, and go into a world uh, that you're not used to, that you just put all your faith in him to say, you're going to take care of us. You're going to use us and guide us and lead us. Could be people like Bo, who just out of the blue, Lord told him to go to Mexico. Right? So he thumped Rachel on the head with a club and said, You're going with me. <laughs> and he just up and left. So I don't know what he's telling you to do that you're fearful of, that you're not responding to because you don't have that faith. You don't have the faith enough to step forward and say, Okay, Lord, you told me about it. So I listened and I, I receive it. But now, man, I've got to respond to it. Respond with faith. That's what it says. Respond to what he says. Because hmm. it says if we don't listen and respond to what he says, it proves you don't belong to him. You have no room for him in your hearts. So we have to listen actually receive it and accept it and take his word as his word and actually walk out what he's asked us to do or what he's saying to us. It takes faith to do that. That's why faith is such a foundational teaching. That's why it's so important you understand who you are first as a beloved son and daughter, prince and a princess, you have the faith to walk that out and say, all right, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, it's yes. Whatever you want me to do, it's yes. So when we embrace him, he gives you that strength. When you embrace him, he gives you the ability to put the force field up. When you embrace him, he strengthens you. You can't do it without him. You can say you're going to try, I'm telling you, I've struggled with this. This is real. There are times that I struggle with things. Everybody struggles with things. And, and, and all it is is that I'm not embracing them enough. So that's my key to it, is that when you struggle with stuff, you embrace them. And I embrace them longer and longer and longer. That's why I love my Sundays, because I'm up at 3 in the morning. That's why I love Mondays, because 
we're in worship almost all day. We come in and worship as a staff, and then we're in staffing, and we pray and worship at night. I mean, we embrace Him all the time. Tuesdays, we come in here and embrace the Word. Wednesdays, we're meeting in small groups, and our children are in here, and we're either pouring into them or embracing them. See, we make it a way. We make a way for everybody to try to be in His presence all the time. But you still got to own it. You still have to have some ownership of what's going on. And you've got to have a disciplined life to, to read the word, pray, worship. That's just part of this. That all comes with faith, believing that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. But if we lack in the faith, we can't receive all the other stuff. Because then we don't act out what he's asking us to do. I sometimes think he's looking at me when I ask a thing, and he's like, man, you asked for something else before, and I told you what that was, and you still ain't done it yet. I got to go back and try to figure all that out. So when we obey and walk it out, what he's asking us to walk out in faith, then we start seeing a change in our life. Then we start seeing a constant renewal. Then we see freedom come over and over and over again. That's how we do it. And the closer we come to him, the easier it is. It takes me back to that quote from William Shatner that says, I hope I never recover that I can maintain what I feel right now. I don't want to lose it. It's so much larger than me in life. Come on. I just don't, don't want to lose that. So you need to accept him in your life as your Lord. Allow him to come in and start changing your heart. You need to embrace him and believe in his word and what it says and what he's telling you. Then you need to continue to embrace him. Continue to embrace him each and every day to experience the freedom that we need in our lives. Freedom that comes with that faith and an embrace. And faith's the key. That's how we do this. When you believe that, he'll set you free. His word's true. And we got to believe that. Just respond with faith and action. Amen? You guys get something? Everybody good? All right. Whew. Man, I tell you, uh, I don't know if we can play some music back there or Monica, I'm sorry. Come on up. We'll have live music. You know, I know people struggle with stuff. I struggle with stuff. So the first part we have to do is clear our hearts. You know, I always say I take all that stuff to him. And sometimes we just need some time to do that. We just need time to sit back, relax with some worship music on in his presence, and ask him to just embrace you. And that's all we need. So that's part of this. You know, the first step is obviously knowing who he is and accepting him into your heart. And there's no prayer that'll do that. We can say a prayer over and over, but that's something that you need to receive in your heart. And that's your first step, is just believing. Believing in him. Believing that he'll change everything, that he can do it all. And when you do that, you're on your way. That's that first embrace. So my prayer this morning is that there's people here, there's people watching online, and you are you're 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 receiving the first embrace, and you're feeling his love, and that's probably something you've never felt before. So I just pray that that's happening this morning, and if that's you in here, we're gonna have our prayer partners up here later on. So I want you to take advantage of that, man. Let we have some powerful, powerful prayer partners, and their faith level is way up there. 
and they want to cover you and they just want to pray with you. They want to talk to you about the next step. Like, how do we, how do we walk this thing out? And then that second group of people are the people that you've been dealing with stuff. And it seems like you, you trip and kind of take a step back every once in a while or you get frustrated because, you know, he, you feel like he comes in and he loves on you and it changes your life, but then you find yourself back in the same stuff. And it's time to put your foot down and say, no, I don't want to deal with that again. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of fighting it. And the only way to do that is to surrender to him. The only way to do that is to constantly embrace him. So I want to call our prayer partners forward because I want them up here for this. Because I want to pray for you as a family. But man, if you need prayer this morning, if you need somebody to wrap their arms around you and just love on you, then, then our prayer partners are up here. So Father, right now I ask you to search our hearts. Search our minds. Look at, look at everybody in here, Father. Look at everybody watching online, Lord. Father, I ask you to just work on us. Embrace us right now. Give us the courage. Give us the, the ability to, to be strengthened by your word, by your love, so we can walk this out, Father, so that we can take a constant, constant embrace with you, Father. Clear us of all those sins. Clear us of everything that, that the enemy keeps trying to bring at us, Lord. Father, I ask that right now you just touch people in a way that, that, that makes them want to connect with you each and every day. The Bible says we should pray without ceasing. So I pray right now, Father, that, that, that we continually pray throughout the day. It doesn't mean that you never stop talking and praying. It just means throughout the day, Lord, I just pray we can connect that way. That I can take a moment when things get rough and when things are stirring up inside of me that that I can just take that moment to seek you, Father, and embrace you and let your love flow through me that, that Father, will clear my mind of everything that's bothering me. So, Lord, you see the hearts in here. You see everybody in this house. And, Father, I pray that you give them the courage to, to just be loved this morning. I ask you to free them, Father, from anything that keeps them bound up. And, and Lord, we just, we just break those chains right now. We declare that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I guess I get to receive the rest of this. So, you know, if you if you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior, that's fine. That's something between you. But here's scripture for it. So, you know, that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. You are saved through faith. That's believing in him. That's what saves you. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from him to you. Not by your works. You can't earn it. You just got to receive it. Because he doesn't want you to have the ability to boast. He doesn't want you to walk around and say, I did it myself. Because you can't. So once again, if that's you and you say, man, I'm just surrendered to that. I've just embraced him for the first time. Please come tell us. Fill out a connect card. Let us know. Uh, this way we can reach out to you. I don't want you to walk out of here and in four days be struggling waiting to come back on Sunday I will meet you at your house I'll come find you I can't do that if you don't fill out a card and tell me and give us information to contact you so let that be your first step today this is also a time of service that we receive offering um, they never let me do this 
Because here's my thing. We're a church that loves to give. We have needs. The church has needs, and we have families in our church that have needs. That's why when you give, you're not giving to the church. You're giving through a church, and you're letting God use it. So guess what? When we know about those things, when you give, it allows us to give to other people. You know, and that's something between you and God. I, it, I, I, I don't need to come up and twist your arm and tell you about giving. Uh, that's between you and him. So I pray today that you just pray to him and say, Lord, if you want me to give, I'll give. That's another one of those faith movements where we just trust him. You know, we just trust him. That's always been a hardest thing for us. You know, even when we first came to church, giving was so hard for us. Because it wasn't that I didn't trust him, but I didn't have any money. <laughs> I was like, what do I give, Lord? So I found something to give every time. And then finally we started having the discipline and he showed us the way and we talked to people and and we started giving percentage wise until we could finally start giving and 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 doing what, what I thought God wanted me to do when he told me to do something. But what triggered it was faith. What triggered it was him putting something on my heart that said, I want you to give, and then me going, Oh man, I trust you in a lot of things, but can I trust you with this? And he said, Yes, you can. And then I've watched the multiple blessings come beyond that. And it's hard to explain that to you. That's something you need to experience. So I'm just going to pray over offering as we move forward today. So, Father, we just ask you to bless it, Lord. Father, we ask you today to just, man, continue to strengthen us and continue to stretch us, Father. And, and Father, if it's in the, in, the, in, in the ability to give, then, Father, let that be this morning. So, Father, we ask as, as people listen to you and get tugged on your heart, Father God, let, let it be all of you and nothing I've said. Lord, I just pray that, that, Lord, that as they give, that you bless the gift, you bless the giver, Lord. Because, Father, we, we just give it all to you. Father, we ask you to direct it. We ask you to help us steward it. Let everything, everything that's given, God, just make us better stewards of everything you have. So, Father, we surrender everything to you. Bless us today. Bless us the rest of this week and as we gather. And, Father, we just love you. So, so we give it all to you. Have your will. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you guys get something out of today. We'll have an offering bucket. I think, James, you got an offering bucket right up here, or back there. There you go. So if you want to give up in person, you can give online or anything. Um, also, just before we uh, break away for today, I ask that you, if you want to help out with the celebration of life, then if you hang around, give us about 10 minutes or so. Uh, so if people are getting prayer, we'll give them a chance to clear out, and then we'll meet right in here. So it'll give you a chance to use the restroom, get some water, get some coffee, whatever that is. But I look forward to seeing everybody in here. I look forward to seeing everybody next week. We love you guys. Be blessed, and go bless somebody. Take care.